Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. My puppy is upstairs with my husband. That would be too much to manage while recording. Oh, how's John? He's in. He's home. He's home today. Yeah, Because we're having a snowstorm. Okay. Yeah. I want a snowstorm. <laughs> You're so funny. Okay, what are we talking about today, Kat? We are talking about hormones, and I think we're specifically talking about primarily women's hormones. Is that yeah, correct? I mean, I think we could we could walk that line for today, because if we try and talk about all the hormones, it's just going to be too much. Yeah, there we go. Well, it's going to be you know, too much. And, you know, what are hormones, you ask? They're the body. (laughs) They're your body's chemical messengers. They travel in your bloodstream, bloodstream to tissues or organs. They work slowly over time and affect many different processes, including growth and development, metabolism, and how your body gets energy from the foods. So those, that's kind of a general overview. Of yeah, I mean, we could what, get super medically technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, for the for the average Joe, what you need to know is they pretty much regulate the systems in your body, mm-hmm. keeping you hopefully in what we would call homeostasis or an even level, not high, not low, mm-hmm. not overproductive, not underproductive, but that it keeps you in a normal process. And like Kat says, we're probably going to be real specific to we'll say female reproductive hormones because Mm -hmm. there's several hormones in the body like growth hormone other like even brought up serotonin or i mean there's Uh, stress hormones hormones, cortisol yeah yeah and we don't have time to cover all of them in one issue Mm -hmm. in one episode Mm -hmm. so we're going to keep it to female reproductive Mm -hmm. well and we're women and i do know that women uh I, i see at the studio all the time women are very very quick to blame their hormones for anything that they're experiencing. Like if they have low energy, it's their hormones. If they gain weight, it's their hormones. If they're irritable, if they have a decreased sex drive or if they have menopause symptoms or perimenopause or anytime they feel different, we as women are really quick to blame hormones for the differences that we're experiencing. So that's why Tanya and I thought it would be important to talk about the hormones today, but also it's they're not always the culprit but oftentimes they are. Yeah, they certainly can contribute for sure, Mm -hmm. especially if they're imbalanced, if they are super high or super low kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes when you think a hormone may be out of whack, um, like I'm on thyroid, I'm on Synthroid because I've got hypothyroid. I blame my thyroid for just about everything. And sometimes it's just stress. (laughs) It has nothing to do with hormones. So that can be the same with the other hormones in our body. Sometimes if you're living in a more stress-filled, busy, rapid-paced lifestyle, it's just you're going to have more stress. And so it's not always the hormones as well. Yeah, 100%. But 
what you were also saying, or what I think is important to allude to is that when you do have a hormone that is out of balance, Mm -hmm. it is easier for your other hormones to fluctuate more than they should. Mm -hmm. It is when they are all working well, that they work well together, right? Mm -hmm. If one is out of whack, so like your, you know, any thyroid issue, when your thyroid is out of whack, your other hormones have to work harder in order to compensate for what your thyroid isn't doing correctly. Mm -hmm. And the same would be true with your adrenal glands, like right on women's health from menstruation to pregnancy to menopause. And so looking at those, estrogen is responsible for bringing about the physical changes that turn a girl into a woman during puberty, including uh, because of the release of estrogen, your breasts get bigger, you grow pubic hair, underarm hair, and you start your uh, menstrual cycle. And, you know, it's obvious importance is for childbearing, but it does help keep your cholesterol in control and it contributes to protecting your bone health. That's why a lot of women, as they get older, they get osteopenia, osteoporotic. It also can affect your mood. I was talking to a friend the other day who uh, was put on estrogen for uh, memory loss. Um, And so it can affect your brain in that way by affecting your memory. But it also, estrogen can affect your heart, your skin, and other tissues throughout the body. Yeah, and this is what I was trying to allude to when I was suggesting that your hormones affect other systems or when Mm -hmm. a hormone is out of whack, other systems get affected, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just like, yeah, just like you said, you know, can affect everything. So some of the interesting things that are important to note that we can do to sort of check in with those imbalances, like, you know, a little bit like doing an allergy test, right? First of all, is check in with your sleep. How's your sleep, right? Your sleep, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because I have people who are like, well, I'm going through hot flashes right now. So my sleep is awful. Correct. Mm -hmm. But if you could get a grip on your sleep, your hot flashes would go down. So it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg. The same with daily exercise. I have people say, well, I just don't want to exercise right now because it induces hot flashes. Well, it's also the reverse. If you could get through those first few hot flashes by doing daily exercises, your hot flashes won't come as often, right? So it's a little bit of this big check-in with yourself. The same with food. Are there foods that you know are throwing your hormones off? Are there foods that you know are helping your hormones? So then decrease the ones that are throwing them off and increase the ones that are helping them, right? And and figure out how to heal your gut. I'm sorry, friends, but the food you eat is what is helping to produce the chemicals that are moving into and making your hormones. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Very true. And maybe lose some weight. <laughs> what? And maybe lose some weight. As <laughs> a fact, it's a little bit like the whole where what came first, the chicken or the egg. People are like, "Well, it's causing my weight gain." Mm. Or is your weight gain causing your hormonal imbalance? Yeah. Well, and you know, looking back at estrogen. <laughs> Sorry, it's like, we're not going to talk about there. weight today. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just threw that in there. <laughs> well, moving back to estrogen, though, our estrogen levels do change throughout the month. And they're at the highest in the middle of your menstrual cycle. And they're the lowest during your period. And, you know, like Tanya just mentioned, if you have low estrogen, you're going to have trouble sleeping. You're going to have hot flashes. You're going to have trouble with dryness in your girly parts. You're going to have decreased sex, you know, desire, mood swings, dry skin 
again, you're going to have all those with low estrogen. But if you have too much estrogen, you will gain weight. That's the, you know, just, just that's the comment you just made, lose a little weight. Because if you gain weight, uh, if you have too much estrogen, you will gain weight, especially in the midsection, in your waist, your hips and your thighs. You may have a lot of heavy bleeding during your period. Your PMS could be way whacked out of control. Fibrocystic breast and breasts are generally someone that has a little too much estrogen. Now we're not doctors. So if you have any of these, please go talk to your doctor. You know, we're just talking about stuff that we've talked about with other people or that are, that we've talked about with each other. Or that we've Uh, had from our own experience. uh, Or our own experience. Exactly. Uh, Uterine fibroids can be a cause of too much estrogen, fatigue, loss of sex drive, feeling depressed or anxious. So all of these can be too much estrogen. I had estrogen positive breast cancer. You know, there's a lot of things that can, you know, affect your body if you have too much or too little. So those are things to just be aware of. And again, checking with your doctors. Another female hormone that we hear a lot about is progesterone. And I do know we have quite a few people at the studio now that are using progesterone creams. And you see progesterone creams everywhere. And it's kind of, I, I guess they've been around forever. But, you know, when I was 20, no one I knew talked about progesterone cream. <laughs> but now they do. Yeah. But progesterone works to encourage the lining to accept a fertilized egg while prohibiting non-painful uterine muscle contractions that may cause the body to reject an egg. So that's what the the purpose of progesterone is. Women who have low levels of progesterone often have abnormal menstrual cycles or they struggle to conceive because the lack of progesterone doesn't provide the proper environment for a fertilized egg. So when you have low progesterone, you can have a decreased sex drive. You have additional weight gain. What's up with all the weight gain today? You know, it's just those women hormone stuff. You can have gallbladder problems problems also. It's just fun stuff with all of these hormones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I didn't really ever think about it. I mean, I mean, I've, I've taken advanced biology in college, but I just never really thought about it much. But we as women, we have testosterone too. We, when we talk about testosterone, we generally think of men, but it plays an important role in the female body too, because we have a small amount of testosterone that's produced in the ovaries and the adrenal glands and and that's released into the bloodstream. And it, that contributes to the women's sex drive. And it also contributes to bone density and to muscle strength. So if you have too much testosterone in your body, you may have irregular or absent menstrual periods. You may have more body hair than the average woman. You may have frontal balding or acne or increased muscle size or a deeper voice. I've got a deep voice. What do you think that means? (laughs) (laughs) But women with high testosterone may struggle with infertility also, or they may have polycystic ovarian syndrome. PCOS is, I've met so many people lately that have PCOS. And it was another one of those things I hadn't heard about, but this is a thing. If you have too much testosterone, you can, you may end up with PCOS. You may also end up uh, obese or an apple shaped body, thinning hair, acne. You might become insulin resistant, carbohydrate intolerant. So women that go through menopause and their ovaries stop producing estrogen and progesterone, testosterone levels go down as well, but just not as quickly. And so for most women, the common side effects are really just reduced libido, reduced sex drive. I agree. Yeah. So 
what can we do to help balance our hormones from a homeopathic or natural Eastern medicine kind of thing? I don't know. What do you think? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Let me just start that one again. So some things that we can do to help with our hormone imbalances is our lovely go-to of yoga. There we go. There is a lot of yoga that we can do that is actually very therapeutic for the hormones, the endocrine system. (laughs) I know where you're going now. So while we bear that in mind, right, like, Mm -hmm. and I know that I say this in the yoga studio all the time while we're doing postures, it's like, well, this pose is really great for your thyroid or Mm -hmm. this pose is really great for your sleep cycles or, you know, so I tried to reference when the poses we're doing are like hormone healthy poses because Mm -hmm. I know people gravitate to wanting to help their own hormones as much as possible, but -hmm. because it's just a prevalent topic. Right. And so some of the poses that I found that are relevant to and I know that you have like a little mini sequence that you're going to share with Mm -hmm. us. But some of the poses that I saw are really much are relative to that tucking the chin in towards the chest that really working through the thyroid area. Mm -hmm. And that would include like rabbit pose that includes shoulder stand that includes bridge pose. It also includes like head to knee pose. And then on the flip, some that are like opening the front side of the body, but compressing like the kidneys and the adrenal glands would be like up dog and camel are great for both of them. And then I think it's also important to reference that if we're really trying to work through our reproductive hormones, pelvic floor work like mulabanda and mulabanda engagement is going to be super great for men and women. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I had looked at a couple of things on, no, I didn't. That was on the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I was just scrolling through the internet and I just (laughs) typed in, (laughs) just typed in hormone balancing yoga. You know, you can type in just about anything and something will pop up. And I found this great little flow that's super easy and it's on yoga, yoga journal. So you can just type in yoga journal hormone balancing sequence and find all the article about it. But the lady that designed this, she designed this hormone balancing sequence to induce both the relaxation response as well as detox. And she says that, you know, our, our organs are always overloaded with harmful chemicals. So twists can help clean out our liver our colon and even our ovaries and you know abdominal compressions can help bring fresh blood into our uterus and our ovaries and create more cell activity and so the poses that she put in her flow she had a starting in fish pose and this is a wonderful chest opener and it's it's a great thing to you know Tanya mentioned earlier about the compressions to stimulate the thyroid this is a great balancing for these as well so this also is focused very much on the thyroid as well but it's a great pose in for 
this one, she would recommend using a block between your shoulder blades and a block at your head to keep the cervical spine a little bit more neutral. And then moving on just to plain old sun salutations. Just a sun salute A is a wonderful way to really kind of get all of the body moving. That's why it's so popular in all the studios. We all love sun salutations, but these are a great way to get the body pumping, get the body moving. Garland pose is another one that is in her flow, as is Half Lord of the Fish pose. Well, actually, all the different versions of Mari Chasana. Is it Mari Chasana? Yeah, it's um, A and C, both of those. And then Bound Angle, Bhattakanasana. It's a great one for this one. Alternate nostril breathing is a great breath to help balance the hormones in our body. And then always, always, always Savasana, corpse Mm -hmm. pose. Love that. Mm -hmm. So just for fun, I think it would also be fun to mention because I got a new oil book that I've been hanging out in. Okay, okay. But I do think it would be fun to add some oils that are great for women's health. Mm -hmm. One of them is clary sage. Mm -hmm. Another is rose, geranium, grapefruit, ginger, fennel, thyme, and oregano. I love that. Now tell me how you would use those. Would you just put them straight oil or would you put them with a carrier oil? Well, ironically, the book tells us exactly that. (laughs) It says for best results for Uh women's health, one is aromatically. So Mm -hmm. in your diffuser, in your bedroom, Mm -hmm. anywhere you want. And the other is topical. And it does specifically say generally applied to the back of the neck and the shoulders to help reduce tension, soothe sore muscles and reduce spasms. But it also says to the bottom of the feet, more specifically under the ankle bones, as they are significant reflex points. Really? So on the bottom of the feet, straight down from the ankle bone. Huh. So can you tell me the oils one more time? Clary sage, rose, geranium, grapefruit, ginger, fennel, thyme, and oregano. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, get your oils on. They also Mm -hmm. make a lovely tea that you could drink. There's a little blend that you can use that's called cool your hot mess. (laughs) There's a little blend that you can use if your periods are super hot heavy. There's a blend that you can do to make for tender breasts, which I mm-hmm. tell everybody about because that's what I used during all of my breast stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of stuff. There's one that's called the fertility blend. Mm-hmm. So lots of fun things. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. What do you think about Reiki for balancing hormones? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. But if you decide Self Reiki, to- especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you decide to go see a Reiki practitioner, you definitely recommend talking to someone ahead of time to make sure they know where you're coming at, what you need, what you want to achieve from it or no. Generally, it's pretty obvious when mm-hmm. people come in where they are in their cycle. Mm-hmm. So I always just generally will bring it up, mm-hmm. especially if I feel like it's causing them discomfort. I'll be like, so tell me where you are in your cycle and what's your like biggest complaint and mm-hmm. can we work on you know releasing some of that discomfort kind of thing so Mm -hmm. i usually talk to my clients about it yeah i think that's great 
Yeah. So I guess in closing, you know, it's hormones are a big deal and they do Mm -hmm. cause a lot of effect. And it kind of goes back to that whole chicken or the egg thing is really do a check in and determine is is your behavior what's contributing to the imbalance in your hormones? Or are your hormones really causing a very big chemical imbalance in you? Mm -hmm. Like, right. And then decide, are there some things you can change? Are there some things that you can do to start alleviating that imbalance Mm -hmm. because you can i mean obviously sleep is important so you want to try to get seven to nine hours of sleep each night to help with this also your diet eating a balanced diet that includes fresh fruits and vegetables whole grains lean proteins if you if you eat protein but drinking plenty of water is very essential to fuel the body and to help you help help the hormones exercise like we mentioned with yoga and exercise can help with the cholesterol it can help with controlling our weight and our mood everything that a lot of the symptoms that we have that surround the hormone imbalances and if you still have all these issues after trying every bit of these wonderful pearls of wisdom that tanya and i have shared with you then see your doctor ask him about what's going on with you yeah for sure we're not saying don't get help no we're just saying see if you can try some of the natural natural stuff first. And I like the natural stuff. It's cool and groovy. The hocus pocus. I know. I like that shit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.